Welcome to Telltale, the podcast where marketers can learn from interviews with fantastic storytellers. Welcome to episode 19 of the Telltale Podcast. I'm Kurt Sanders, your host. As always with us is Brittany Draghorn. Hey, Britt, how are you going? So good, Kurt. I'm super excited. I know you are. I know you are because sitting in the chair today is one of your personal sustainable fashion heroes, <laughs> Edda Hummer. Hi. Edda, welcome to the Telltale Podcast. Thank you. How are you going? Welcome back. I'm very well. I'm very well. It's taken me like two weeks to get over jet lag, which I think is a record. Right. Um, but I woke up naturally at seven minutes to seven this morning, so I think we're back on track. Huge, huge achievement, huge yeah. achievement. Now, Edda Hamar is the founder of Undressed Runways, which is a sustainable fashion show out of Brisbane, and now you're running clothes renting platform Undress, which is at a great little pivot. Let's start from the start. Tell us about Undressed Runways and where that all began. Well, funny enough, it actually all began downstairs. Um, in light space. Okay, so we are in light space in Fortitude Valley. So you you, um, you kick things off in the event space downstairs. Yeah, yeah. So um, I got together with a friend and we went and had a meeting um, with John and said we really need light space for free for this fashion show. <laughs> please, 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 please. I wonder if I could ask him that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I have coming here. <laughs> I think it was pretty brand new at the time. So he was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, I, um, I just put together a fashion show with some friends uh, back in 2010 and that was called Frock It and that was showcasing QUT fashion design and some local retailers and then from there uh, I just sort of reassessed life and reassessed what we really were trying to achieve and decided we needed to do something for a more meaningful purpose. Um, so I was looking at maybe we should do a charity fashion show, um, but then I started looking into the sustainability of the fashion industry and the ethics behind it and realised that it's something that we really weren't talking about and people didn't really know where their clothes were made. So um, I got together with a couple of friends and we kind of recreated the fashion show from scratch, decided to call it Undress Brisbane and it was purely for sustainable designers. Sure. Now, Britt is frothing at the mouth over there because sustainable <laughs> design is her bag. Britt, this question is probably for you, Anna. Like, how important is this for Brisbane or cities to embrace this kind of this kind of event, this kind of things? Yeah, it's so important, and I think it's mostly about the education around it because people know that their clothes aren't made sustainably, but they're not even sure what that means. Mm. I mean, there's ethical problems, and that was the first thing that was kind of shining or brought to our attention through social media and just being connected in general with yeah. the rest of the world. But now people are really thinking about how it's contributing to waste and polluting our rivers mm. and everything like that. So it's interesting. I actually did a poll on Twitter last night for a passion project I'm doing about sustainable fashion just asking like what their biggest concern is around fashion and I thought it would be the um the labor issues but it's not anymore so I think people are starting to think that that's not an issue anymore which it definitely still is but they're more concerned with the things they can see which is now waste and we yeah. talked to the guy at Citizen Wolf um about that on an earlier podcast episodes so we won't go into the details of that too much but um what's your take on all of that Edda and um you know which issues are really real right now yeah I think you're right um in saying that 
the slave labor and the ethics in the industry was something that we were looking at in the 90s and I think Nike was really came under fire and then now that we're I guess we just have a bit more transparency on the environmental impact um, and something that I think is really coming to light this year is also the impact on oceans um, so fashion's impact on plastics in the oceans and microplastics and we're actually um, discovering that microbeads has been a huge thing like my microbeads are in the ocean but actually what's having a bigger impact is just the fibers that come off our clothes when we wash them and the majority of microplastics in the ocean is actually just from our clothes um, so yeah it's I mean we're just we're learning more and more every year and um, I don't know if there's one area that's more important than others um, but but certainly, I think, I mean, they're all, they're all really important. And I think I move between like, oh, no, this year I'm going to like champion the people and make sure that people are, um, know about the ethics. And then the next year I'm like, no, we're going to think about the environment. <laughs> there's too many things, isn't there? <laughs> and it's interesting because like there's definitely more interest in sustainable fashion, but fast fashion is not slowing down. Like it's growing at an equally, yeah, enormous rate. So yeah. Yeah, it's hard to understand where people's um, judgments lie on that, but I think education is the key, yeah. which is great. And also facilitating that, which is what you are doing. Yeah, so speaking of Undress Runways, tell us about how that grew. Yeah, well, it started um, It started in a car park in Fortitude Valley, so it was a fairly sort of underground runway show uh, with, I think we had about 10 designers in our first show. And, um, and it, it, yeah, over the years, we expanded the amount of designers. I think one year we had up to 40 designers showcased on the runway. Um, and we started taking it to the Gold Coast and doing an undress Gold Coast. And then a couple of years ago, we went to Sydney and Melbourne. So that was sort of the first time we expanded down, down south. And yeah, it, I mean, it went really well. Yeah. Um, and, and the... The, the response was awesome um, and yeah I think we have a really nice little sort of spot in the in the Brisbane fashion community definitely but we haven't been able to sort of continually go down to Sydney and Melbourne um, but hopefully in the future. Yeah okay so from a marketing perspective tell us a little bit about how you kicked those off acquired an audience for the, for those events and how you I guess kept them engaged. Yeah, um, so the marketing for Undress from the very start has always been about celebrating and always been like, um, let's create something that's the, so much fun and all about positivity and the progress of fashion. Um, and then it happens to be sustainable. So really showing people that sustainability isn't a style, it is a process. You can look however you want to look, um, but you don't have to take a sort of sacrifice in terms of that style. Um, so going down to Sydney and Melbourne, it was just about creating a really fun, engaging event. And to be honest, by the time we went to Sydney and Melbourne, we had, ha we had a, a lot of people following us just through Facebook and Instagram um, on social media. I think we did a few um, sort of like Instagram campaigns and some, some, we've always been really like big on our content for videos on Facebook and um, we've produced a magazine. So we really try and keep up with fresh content and um, in a way Undress has been a bit of a center point for original content about sustainable fashion, not just the events. 
so digital content. Um, yeah, so I think that's been our, our main strategy, keeping keeping that um, just very, very fresh and constantly updated. Yeah, that's so good to hear that you've taken, I guess, a media company mentality <laughs> because it's perfect for that audience, right? They, they love to read and they love to consume content. But um, the other trend that we find when we talk to brands that, I guess, have a cause marketing behind them, they don't lead with the cause. They lead with the engaging thing, which is what, you know, Undressed Runways did. It's what Good Beer Co. did. It's what... Um, sorry, we just mentioned them before. Citizen, um, Wolf. Citizen Wolf do like you know they they know, they understand the market needs mm. what it wants. Yeah. But the fact that they have a fantastic message and a cause behind it is a byproduct and something yeah. that, that actually bolsters it from behind, which is I think is just brilliant. So, um, moving past um, undress runways and now into your pivot into your platform, tell us a bit about that and how that worked. Yeah. Um, so last year. I had the beginning of last year, I was really uh, understanding that the runway show's business model was not something that was delivering the kind of returns to make it this long-term viable business. Um, it was run by volunteers and a lot of the volunteers had been there for years. Um, and I just, we were kind of just getting to the end of our volunteering abilities, like we were just exhausted and we, we really wanted to find a way to keep doing this but start getting paid. Um, and I explored different avenues on changing the show and doing more regular shows and totally kind of changing up what Undress was, but nothing really felt right until I, um, I actually interviewed um, a woman from QUT and she was like, Edda, you need to start a borrowing business uh, because it's just not been done and it just needs to happen. That's the way to go forward for sustainability. And so I just took that on board and sat on that for a few months. And at the end of the year, we decided to get together and create a new business, which was um, a peer-to-peer, -peer basically lending platform uh, for people to tap into quality clothes in their, in their local community. Um, and yeah, so now we, are, we run two businesses with the same name, which is extremely confusing. <laughs> but also <laughs> helpful. Yeah. yeah, initially I was like, this will be a grand plan and I'll merge the businesses and it'll be yeah. great. Um, but actually now we are, now that Undress, the lending platform has started to take, um, take form and the brand is really forming, we've realised that they're actually very different um, very different businesses and, and in a way have quite a different audience. Sure. Um, the Runway Show is a very fashion focused audience and a very eco fashion focused audience as well um, and it's a place that we really talk about sustainability and provide education whereas the lending platform is, is um, it's not necessarily or it's not really runway focused and it's not necessarily focused on sustainability either it is sustainable that's the core foundation of it mm. but we really don't want to continue having to remind people that it's sustainable because a lot of people don't like the, the sustainable word and we don't want that to detract from people using it so we just want to create a platform that's cheaper um, than other options out there and higher quality clothing more variety at like a great product um, which just happens to be a really sustainable way forward for the world. So now we're in this position where we have two businesses very different with the same name. We're not going to merge them because it doesn't <laughs> make sense. 
Um, and we're actually, yeah, we're visiting on doing a bit of a rebrand for the platform because obviously it's a bit late to change Undress Runway's name. Yeah. Um, and keep the Undress Runway door open so that we can continue doing shows in that sort of space um, and, and looking at the, the sharing platform and, and thinking about a name that makes sense for that that market and yeah. that product. That's such an interesting approach. I like... Um it's it's great that you've discovered a separate audience. Actually, it's kind of given you that a fantastic vertical into probably some of its potentially higher value, right? So, which is great. But the other thing I really like about it is it actually gives you a, an opportunity to engage a completely different audience, not just with your platform, but with an extension of that with different content items and yeah, and, and yeah. those kind of things. I mean, that'll only draw more people to that platform, which is which is fantastic. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And the um the share economy is like massive now. There seems to be different verticals coming out of everywhere. Um, like clothes renting isn't completely new, but I don't know if it's been done really well. And there's certainly a specific demographic that are into it, and it's because they like those really high end clothes, which is yeah. great because they get worn more and everything like that. Mm. What yeah? What's your take on that? Are people are they taking to it? Is this what they want more of? Um, yeah. Who is that audience? Um, so the designer rental audience, which is um, which has been going for a while, uh, where where women, predominantly women, can hire a fancy dress for a wedding or for an event um, from a business. So it's not the peer to peer model; it's a business to consumer model, um, and that's been going really well. We've seen Rent the Runway in the states, in Glam Corner in Australia. Um, that's they're they're really growing quickly. Um, and I think what we've noticed is that um, we're, we're not trying to compete with them directly. Um, you know, or naturally there will be people with similar dresses that might put dress, you know, fancy dresses, um, high-end designer dresses onto the platform. Um, but we're also noticing that there are people who are looking for uh, different styles to what's available on these designer hire rental sites. Um, and I think that's the kind of market that we're going to really explore. Um, so diversifying the, 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 the event wear style, um, as well as hitting up the menswear market, because there's not a lot of options for um, renting suits or renting even just trendy outfits um, or, or good outfits to wear on a weekend etc and really simplifying that process so it's not you don't have to go out and try anything on you don't have to sort of shop around it's very very like you know do you want to look like this guy great just click a few buttons and we'll deliver it to your door <laughs> so um, yeah really trying to simplify it um, and and trying to yeah diversify the style that we're offering yeah that's really interesting because it's yeah it's not something that you would think of but i guess ordering a suit or borrowing a suit is still really expensive right mm. so if you're someone who has one there that kind of gets one twice a year and you can rent it out you're like helping them out and they're helping you out that's really <laughs> yeah, great yeah. what's the price point around all of these uh it depends it's the price is set by the owner of the clothing um so it is totally up to the individual on what price they set, but we have a sort of recommended um, level depending on the retail value. So we have a little table on the website where you can look up the retail value. If you've worn it 200 times, you probably want to <laughs> list it for something a bit less if it's brand new. 
Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, we really want to see what people um, what we, what people are going to upload their items at, and then let the market sort of naturally become a bit competitive and and find the right price point that way. Yeah, interesting. Let's pull it into a bit more of a higher level look or, a, or, a, or an umbrella view. If you had one lesson for people trying to you know create events and then pivoting into using that audience for something that you can monetize. What what is the that lesson? What is that one thing that you could tell them? Well I or think, ten things. I mean I think I mean in my situation I I thought it was a genius idea to have an audience and then launch a new business and leverage that audience. Um, and at the moment we are going to leverage a little bit, but it's not a perfect fit. So I think I I guess the best thing would be to make sure that if you're going to pivot, that that pivot makes sense for the audience. <laughs> Ask your audience what they want. Yeah. 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 Well. But I mean, uh, to be honest, you couldn't be blamed for thinking those audiences would cross. But the, I guess the good thing is, is the users always tell you in the end, the audience tells you whether it yeah, works or not. So, yeah. yeah, and I think, um, I mean, I, I don't think that it's the be-all and end-all that that audience can't be fully leveraged. I think that um, at the end of the day, the sharing platform is what we really want to do and what the world really needs. Um, and there's, it's already happening, like Facebook sharing groups, people are already getting used to the idea of renting their clothes out. Um, so I, I, I'm really excited to you know, maybe leverage other people's audiences in that. Perfect. We're, <laughs> all yeah, we're all about that. We're all about that as well. Um, we're nearly out of time. I have one more question before we get to our um, awesome little white lie segment, which I'm not sure Brittany has warned you about. I got a little warning. You got a little warning. And my last <laughs> question, at the door, the last question before we get to that is, you're a uh, UN Young Leader for Sustainable Development Goals. How did that come about and what's your role there and, and how's it going? Um, yeah, it's going well. Uh, it happened at the end, uh, middle of last year. They opened applications to, um, yeah, anyone could basically apply. Actually, it was through a nomination process. So you had to ask someone to nominate you. Um, it was a very simple process. And I asked uh, my friend Jan Owen from the Foundation for Young Australians down in Melbourne. And um, I absolutely did not expect to be picked but a couple of months later they um yeah they revealed that I was one of uh 17 UN young leaders and really it's just about elevating the work that we do it's not a it's not a formal role that we do you know particular hours per week it's really just about um leveraging on the UN networks and um yeah them helping us in the work that we're already doing um so I mean through that I've had a lot of recommendations to attend conferences or speak at conferences around the world um, so it's been an amazing experience to be able to travel to many different countries and um, I guess meet people in the same um, in the same stage of life or in the same stage of startups and business as I um, so I've yeah it's been it's like so met so many new friends basically yeah um, and learned so much you're exposed to such sort of bleeding edge knowledge when you're going to these conferences all over. Um, 
yeah, and it helps you get, get perspective on what you're doing in Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Heather has not mentioned here that 18,000 people applied for these positions and she was one of 17. So wow. it's an incredible feat. That is amazing. That is so good. Thank you. <laughs> so modest. Too modest. Too modest. Okay, we are out of time. One more thing. What is your best little white lie the Telltale listeners want to know? Oh, gosh. I try. I thought about this a lot, um, and I thought the most um, appropriate lie. Actually, it's the only lie that I could think of, but it was perfect for this situation. It was the first event that happened downstairs, and I was with the friend that I organised with, Josh, and I think Josh asked John, "How many people are at this event? Do you think this is the first runway show?" And John was like, "Oh, there's 400, easily 400." And there definitely weren't 400. And Josh was like, yeah, good, there's 400. Told me, they were Edda, there were 400. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if there were 400. <laughs> I think there may have been like 250, maybe 300. <laughs> but yeah, Josh was like, no, there were 400. And that's what we're going with. And I'm like, okay. So in pretty much every speech I've made since day one, I'm like, oh, there were 400 people at the show. <laughs> Which is an amazing benchmark to start off with. Yeah. It's not you, you're not the only person doing that, don't worry, I'm pretty sure that's every event planner. I'm actually pretty sure that's Suncorp Stadium every week when they have a game there. It was sold out, there were chairs, empty chairs everywhere. There's empty chairs, they were in the bathroom. Yeah, the bar. Right. Bar, thank you so much for coming on the Telltale Podcast. My pleasure, thanks for having me. No trouble at all. Brittany, every week, thanks for joining us, and remember folks, tell your brand tale. Telltale is part of the Content Division Podcast Network. You can subscribe on iTunes or stream it from the contentdivision.com.au forward slash podcast. Then you